and, and that actually brings me to the next question. Like, how do I describe myself? Well, I'm definitely curious. Like, I love exploring. I love, you know, if I could just play with a synth one day or just, like, play with, like, a very beautiful, like, flute melody. I, I love contrast. Um, I love learning. I love being curious. And then, um, most importantly, I love leaning into my intuition. Mm-hmm. That's like a big thing that I try to make sure um, I'm always tapping into when I'm composing and especially when I'm reacting and um, submerging myself into the characters and, and what I'm looking at on screen and the different environments is um, how can I always try to make sure I get myself into a place where I'm being intuitive and I'm able to to empathetically like put myself into the perspective of each character or situation. So that's definitely a big one. Do you approach each project the same way? Um, or do you try different methods each project that you do? In terms of sounds, um, I like to switch it up. I like to like have different sounds or have different instruments for specific characters, but I always do want to make, yeah, the same thing, like approach each project um, intuitively and empathetically. Like I'm not here to judge the characters. I'm here to serve, you know, the story, um, and the truth of these characters, whether it's good or bad, um, I'm here to just, yeah, play their truth. And Kelly agrees. <laughs> if you heard her meow. Um, that's, I really like that because, you know, some people really question their intuition sometimes. Like, they don't trust mm-hmm. their gut. And um, I think it's probably what made you um, as successful as you are is that trusting your intuition and really being confident um, in what you do. Oh, thank you. I mean, some days are easier than others, but yeah, I, I, I bet. <laughs> yeah. But I do definitely find that, yeah, when I'm, if, when I'm able, however I'm able to get myself into that place where I'm just tapping into that, um, that intuition, it just usually like leans into having a better end, end product. Uh, which actually, it's a good segue to our next question uh, because uh, there are, you scored a you wrote on a film called No Dogs back in October 2021, um, and in one of the interviews you did with Sojanelle TV, you mentioned um, the film No Dogs and how it's about a short film highlighting the anti-Filipino riots. Uh, you're half Filipino. Um, and you mentioned that while scoring it, it was during the rise of um, Asian hate crimes and how your emotions were even more heightened around it. Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on your feelings or mindset at the time and what got you through it? Sure. I mean, like working on a film about racism in the 30s and then pairing that with racism that's still happening was... Mm-hmm just a crazy parallel that, you know, I was feeling just, I'm writing music to something that took place a little while ago, but it's still happening. So that, that was definitely, first of all, just something I had to sit with. 
And then with all the Asian hate crimes going on, I just kept thinking about, you know, like my mom and just, just, yeah, dealing, dealing with, with all these internal feelings um, while scoring, while scoring the film. So I just, I had to find a way to kind of channel all that energy, um, you know, because it's, it's a lot when you're sitting with those emotions. So I was so grateful to the writer of that project. And she also starred in the project too, Georgina um, Tolentino. She's amazing. And she had a kulintang, which is a Filipino um, indigenous instrument that mm-hmm. she let me borrow. And this is before I got one of my own, because that's how much it impacted me. Oh, um, wow. So I, I used that I used that instrument um, for our lead character in that short to kind of represent her resilience and to kind of represent like a calling, like a calling to her ancestors, a sense of just strength and and a lot of those things are representative of the instrument too in its history um it was used as a form of communication too i think another word is like almost like they're talking gongs mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um yeah they would use it for for communicating too and it was kind of awesome to learn that it was mostly women who played kulintang too So I really wanted to let that instrument shine in the short. And I also felt like a sense of healing from it, too. There's something about gongs when they they resonate together. There's just like a healing energy with them. So that was also the other cool thing about about, um, utilizing that instrument. And then it kind of set me down a path of, I got to get my own gong. (laughs) I got to get my own (laughs) <laughs> so I eventually did get I, I can't show you them right now but maybe we can link a photo <laughs> yeah. I, I started taking some lessons I gotta get back into it though once because once the show started going I had to, I had to put a pause on the lesson yeah like, I don't have time with my 24 hour schedule I'm going, going to bed at god knows what time mm-hmm. waking up at 3am to compose exactly exactly <laughs> So yeah, that was that was definitely um, my biggest takeaway of the project mm-hmm. was I was able to kind of find a sense of healing through the Kulintang, through through this project, and and highlight a, like a really important part of Filipino American history that mm-hmm. not not everyone knows about. So um, I'm yeah I'm happy that, that I was a part of it. Yeah, Monica asked me, like, hey, did you know about these anti-Filipino riots? And I was like, no. Like, <laughs> tell me more. I know, and it happened here yeah. in California. Yeah, no, I was actually reading up on it because I didn't really know much about it. And it actually happened in Santa Cruz, so which is about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour away from us. And that's oh. like, whoa, it happened right here in the Bay Area, essentially. So um, it's really interesting to learn about. And also, did you know that January is Filipino um, Heritage Month? It was? Uh, yeah. Was January? I, yeah. Um, yeah. I think you told me that. <laughs> Why didn't I know that January was? No, I'm sad. 
I know. It's like well, the last day of January. Okay, we'll have one more day. I know. I, you know, I was thinking, I was like, how fitting that we are just um, recording this on the last day of January. So, and me and Kathleen both didn't know again. I we know, have two, didn't know. We have two ticks already. <laughs> we All right, guys. Done. We didn't know the piece of art. Oh, my God. Because the both only have Filipino. <laughs> This is true. This is true. You guys are You're half? Yeah, I'm half uh, Filipino, half Chinese. Oh. Yeah, but culturally and family, we're, we're Filipino. Like, I know nothing about the Chinese culture. That's where I come in. <laughs> That's where you come in. Good. This yeah. to be best friends for life. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, great. We're talking about identities and ethnicity. So, um, uh, you know, you're half Irish, English, and Scottish, and half Filipino. Um, did you ever struggle with your identity growing up, um, or or were you pretty like, like confident in your in your identity? Mm-hmm. I would definitely say it was a struggle. I mean, yeah, my dad's American, my mom's Filipino, and she's from the Philippines. And the I would say one of the biggest struggles was. And I feel like other Filipinos, even like full Filipinos, would say something similar that no one ever really like no one ever really knew what I was. So that was a struggle, like maybe, you know, just just people saying I was different ethnicities. So I feel like when you're told that enough times and it's just like not a big deal for people to just like flat out say those things. Um, that's, that kind of messes with your, you know, messes with you a little emotionally because you're like, okay, I'm this thing, but other people are saying I'm this other thing. Mm -hmm. Um, how, like, so, so it's just a weird, like, it, it was always a weird internal feeling of how do I, how do I express myself then when everyone's, um, mis identifying me? So I don't know, eventually as, as time, time has gone by, I think that's cool. I'm like, you know, whatever. And I, I can just tell people right away, like what I am and that's what it is. And I feel like, you know, being different is like, is what sets you apart. And I've kind of leaned into that over the years and um, I think it's cool being a woman too us being women it's yeah. like we have so many other things to deal with too it's yeah. like at a certain point like your skin it just keeps getting so thick and you're just like you have to keep going and of course mm -hmm. you know there are good days and bad days but you know i just having my head thinking about that end goal it's like all i can really do and yeah. then mm -hmm. anyone who's gonna be in my way or give me a bad vibe i'm going the other way bye felicia bye <laughs> that's what you i thought move bitch it's already it's, it's already explicit so okay got it at every, I, do at, potty mouth. <laughs> I do have a funny mouth i'm trying to be good um <laughs> um um growing up uh, stereotyp you know, stereotypically, uh, Asian parents are more weary of anything in the creative 
seen as a career, you know, mostly due to its instability. You know, our parents want to see us be in a very secure and stable position. Um, were your parents ever hesitant about you going down this path or did they like really support and encourage you? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm so lucky. My parents were both really supportive Aww. and my mom. Yeah. Like the Asian thing. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky because my mom, she, her background is, she did do the very Asian thing. She went to school for like computer engineering mm -hmm. and, and then, but then she later in life, um, like a lot later in life, she wanted to go back to school for social work, to be a social worker mm -hmm. and then like eventually be a therapist and like help other people. Um, so I feel like because, and she wanted to originally do fine arts, she wanted to do art, but she never, she didn't go to school for it. So I think because of that too, um, she was really open to just mm -hmm. us doing our own thing. As long as we're like really passionate and like going full hundred percent, you know, both my parents were really supportive of that. Um, and I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah. I'm lucky that they instilled that, you know, you just, you gotta just put, put in the work as long as you are really putting in that work. Um, that, that they support me. I'm lucky. Oh, that's, oh, that's oh. Awesome. I'm really glad. It's rare. It's really rare to have it is. to. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> are cool. Are cool with it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think she saw how into like piano I was at a young age. Like I was really into yeah. it. And yeah. a 2018 study done by the University of Southern California found that the top 100 fictional films at the box office. Uh, from 27, 2007 to 2017, only 16 of those 100 films were female composers, um, compared with about over 1,200 men. Um, what does it mean to you to not only be a woman in the, sh in, in, in the industry, but an Asian American woman? I mean, it, it means a lot that I'm, I'm a part of, you know, like the other women who I can also call my friends right now who are we're all putting in the work and we're all starting to get some opportunities and we're starting to be a part of that um that pendulum is kind of moving in the other direction a little bit um so i'm just here to you know keep putting in the work keep keep doing my best so that it's, it's just going to be a little easier for the next generation um you know there's lots of things that i had to kind of sift through um to get to where i am right now and um, I still have a long way to go, but I just, yeah, I, I definitely just want to make it so that the next generation um, can go through maybe half, half the things mm -hmm. I had to go through, um, just make it a little easier for them. So I'm happy to be a part of the change. There still needs to be a lot more change. Mm -hmm. That number is still really low, but um, I do believe it, it will eventually get there. We just need to keep you know, giving more recognition to women and, you know, non-binary people, people of color, and just just spreading the word, giving more opportunities to them, because we're all out here putting in the work. And I know so many people who are deserving of um, mm -hmm. lots of opportunities. Yeah. So you are seeing uh, a shift of having more women composers. Slowly, I mean, there's, a shift, there's a shift, but 
like you said, right, the number is still so staggered. Like the numbers yeah. are still yeah. so staggering. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. The shift might be, you know, like this. There is a shift, <laughs> but I'm happy there is there is change. It's slow, but yeah, we gotta just keep keep trucking along. All right, we're gonna let's get into some fun questions now because I know that we've been okay. keeping it kind of kind of serious. But um, just to kind of get to know you a little bit more, Tangeline, as well. Um, we're not all business here. Um, top your top three favorite Filipino dishes. Mm. Um, well, I'm Ilocano. My mom is Ilocano. So we had a lot of like veggie Filipino dishes mm -hmm. growing up. Um, so like peanut bet, that's like, mm. like that was like a huge staple in my household. Um, so peanut bet and there is, um, we will put, hot dogs in it too which is really good you put hot dogs so in good. anything i know so there were some hot dogs hot dogs and bacon and the peanut set yeah it was so good growing up yeah and i should cook it more often but that's definitely top mm -hmm. peanut fat and then i love dinagon and i remember growing up called just calling it chocolate meat right yeah yep. yeah yeah okay well i just remember like you know Everyone going, oh yeah, it's chocolate meat. I'm like, it's so good though. And like for the longest time, I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. Until I did. But luckily, I'd eaten it long enough where, like, even when I found out what it was, I was like, oh, I don't even care. It's yeah. Good. It's still good. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. It's like really, really warm rice. It's just perfect. So that one would be second. And then third. Hmm. Oh, wait, and I, I want to change my number one with a peanut bet. Yeah. There needs to be, like, salted egg with it, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. And then third, I mean, I'll go with the classic, make sinigang. But, like, mm -hmm. the pork. I like pork belly with it, though. Like, I like fish, but pork belly because I like this when the skin's kind of chewy. Oh, okay. I like okay. the, I like, the, more uh... gelatinous part of it. I don't I like that. I like the texture. Yeah. Too. Kathleen, yeah. can you please make me synagogue so I can hop on that train? Because I've never uh, had it before. Oh, you really haven't? No, mm -hmm. I've been, really like, good. there. I feel like there's not that many Filipino restaurants here in the Bay Area. So. Uh, 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 there are. Um, it's just further. Um, yes. Yeah, so it's like, we have a really big, yeah, we have a really big Asian community and, like, um, uh, Union City and Daly City, mm -hmm. and there are tons of Filipino restaurants there. Uh, not so much in like San Jose, um, like where where we are, mm -hmm. but go up north a little bit more, and there's tons. And uh, there's like even Filipino dessert, like pastry shops and bakeries. So, um, Kathleen, to, when are we going? We need to drive. I'm not gonna go by myself. Keep looking at me. <laughs> you you have to go. Tag me when you go and and we we eat. Yes, Tangeline, well. maybe you just got to come up to the barrier. Like, let's go. <laughs> I do have a lot of family there, so I know I haven't been in a long time. It's pretty bad. No, yeah, like, I mean, if, if you're ever in the Bay Area, let us know. We'll yeah. make sure we go get some Filipino food and we go get some boba. So, oh yeah, we'll take you to TPT and then get some <laughs> Filipino food. <laughs> That sounds so fun. Now All right. So, okay. 
I know. I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm hungry now. We just ate, but I'm like, I'm hungry again. This is the scene. You're in an action movie. You just finished kicking some butt, and you're walking towards the camera as a car is exploding in the background. What is the song a music score playing in the background? I have to envision it. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say bye 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 by Instinct. <laughs> hey, I love it. Okay, okay, I can I can see that too. I can see that too. Yeah, actually, yeah, I can too. I'm not a Backstreet Boys fan, but I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the choreography of it. You got to do the choreography of it. Do you have any all-time favorite film scores and or composers? I remember really loving the soundtrack to Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind when I was younger. Oh, yeah. It's just so sweet. And yeah, I just think it's so beautiful. I would say that's one of my favorite ones. What kind of everyday music do you listen to? I feel like it changes. Like, it depends on like what mood I'm, what mood I'm in. Like sometimes mm -hmm. I'm when I'm in the car, I'll just like blast the radio. I'll just blast like top whatever, like whatever is on the radio, top ten. Um, but sometimes, you know, when I'm like on a certain project, listening to like specific music that kind of puts me in that genre can help a lot. Like being in that space, almost like how like a, a method actor would be kind of like I guess method composing in a way, where it's just kind of putting myself in that whole environment. So it's kind of weird. Like for Warrior Nun, um, sometimes I would listen to like the score to Prometheus. I know that's oh. like very, very different, but um, there's some elements of that that I thought could be cool. To have like in the back of my mind especially with like the cool cinematography in season two and like the way the way that things play out um on screen for some reason yeah sometimes just prometheus score nice really yeah i gotta say i gotta say that that cinematography in season two of warrior nun is fantastic like Agreed. all of the screenshots it's insane it's amazing even even like the cross in the eyes and how that was, yeah how that was like apparently unintentional yeah it's like i'm seeing all of these like image captures and mm -hmm. and all, all these stills and i'm like holy crap like that's even if it wasn't intentional the fact that they were able to have that and it's 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 it's, it's incredible like i could like it's yeah it's so good <laughs> I feel like my yeah. favorite scene was when Ava was running through the water as she was training. Like that cinematography with your music, Tangeline, it was just like amazing. I was like, holy shit, this is beautiful. Thank you. I mean, it, you know what? It, it it played out so beautifully like when I read it too. And I'm so, I was so mm -hmm. excited when I like saw the dailies. I'm like, oh my this is like this totally exceeds what I was envisioning, like even better. So I agree with you. The, yeah, it was just beautiful. 
and the location too was mm-hmm. I, I love nature so like just that whole just the whole scene was really well done <laughs> yeah yes. so many great great scenes okay so next question for you which hogwarts house do you belong in <laughs> Okay, so I think I'm Gryffindor, but I was talking to my sister today because I was asking her what house she was, and she and she told me she's like, no, you're definitely Slytherin, and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> she's younger, so maybe it's because I'm the older sister. But so she's yeah. Slytherin, but I think I'm Gryffindor. Okay, okay, I I'm Team Gryffindor as well. So, Kathy, uh, what house? I'm Hufflepuff. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I just feel like anytime someone says Hufflepuff, they like always know. They're like, I am 100% Hufflepuff, and there's like no other way around. (laughs) No, so I take, you know, you take those fun quizzes online, and then you start reading the the descriptions, and I'm like, damn, yeah, I'm I'm Hufflepuff. I can't can't even be any other one. Okay, so now this bothers me because I've never taken a quiz to tell me what I am. Oh, oh I think there's a sorting hat quiz. Yeah, does that make a difference? I, I don't know. I, I just, I just take it. That answer. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I like when you take the test. I'm not saying it's official, but it makes it feel a little bit more official. But I feel like I, don't I know. would answer like a Gryffindor because like they're good. I think I'm good. I, I, I feel like just based on our conversation so far, I'm like, I get Gryffindor vibes from you. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite book or books? Or or have you read anything recently that yes. you really liked? Yeah. Okay, this is so random, but there's this book I have from maybe last year. I forget the exact the exact name of the book. But there's this show called Joe Para that I like because it's very relaxing. Um, and there's a book called, it's like things to read when you're in the bathroom, but you're not going to the bathroom, but you're just using the bathroom as a way to escape. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to have to look up the exact title of that. But it's just like, Wait, it's like an amazing book. <laughs> Well, basically, it's just, like, really relaxing. It's, like, things to distract you from what's actually going on in the outside world so you can calm yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Got it. Okay. okay. It's kind of like okay. a picture book, and it's just, like, explaining <laughs> how to relax, things to think about outside with nature or, like, situations that bring a sense of calmness to you. That's basically what the book is. Uh, what would con- constitute a perfect day for you? Ooh. Well, I think we all probably know that I love food based on all of our chats right now. So, okay, and coffee. So, okay, I wake up, I've slept in, it's like 11.30 a.m. I really slept in. I get up, it's raining outside. I love the rain because I'm from the East Coast. It's raining. It's a little cold. I'm still in my bathrobe. I go downstairs. Why are you both laughing? <laughs> You're just describing the morning of my perfect day right now. So. 
okay. That's okay. why. <laughs> putting us in this place. Go downstairs. I'm wearing my really comfy soft bathrobe. I turn on the fireplace. Wait, now I'm like, okay, I make a coffee or do I want to go out and get a coffee? Okay, I have my first coffee um, that I make. And a yummy latte, very strong. Sit next to the fire, put on a record, listen to the rain, uh, drink my coffee, and then I go out, get another coffee. Yeah. A nice establishment. Um, There's this, yeah, a pandan latte because I'm loving pandan Vietnamese coffee. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of those. Um, drive around for a little bit. Maybe stop by a store or two. Come back home, relax again, and then maybe like go out for hot pot. Oh, a nice epic yes. hot pot night. Oh, and hot then, pot. And then nice. With like everything, like a huge hot pot. And then end the night with boba. Yes. Yes. That's a pretty ideal day. I mean, like, it's not insanely glamorous, but it's very fun and relaxing. That sounds like a lovely, lovely day. What advice would you give to your younger self and anyone wanting to join the industry? Don't be like, maybe don't be afraid to take up space. Mm -hmm. And just because you don't like, just because you're not seeing like who you are in the world, like, it doesn't matter. Just just be who you are because you're the only one of you who exists. Um, you're the only one who's like gone through the experiences that you've gone through. And that's what like gives you your unique perspective on the world. Um, but yeah, definitely don't be afraid to take up space because that's that's something that it's just one simple thing that I feel like I could have done more of to gain confidence throughout uh, mm-hmm. my early my early composing career, and it's hard too as 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 women who are a small percentage in the industry. So I would definitely tell other young composers or um, people who were a minority in their field to take up space. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I think that translates to kind of anyone starting out in their careers, you know, take up that space. Like, don't be shy, ask questions. We have made it to the end. Last question for you. (laughs) Do you have any current or upcoming projects that you can share with us? Um, I have a project, I have like a thriller horror, like Blumhouse project that I scored. Ooh. I love Blumhouse. Yeah, yeah. They, it comes out, I believe, in March. Um, it's called okay. Unseen. And the director is Yoko Okumura, and she's an amazing Japanese director. And mm-hmm. it's also like a double female um, Asian lead, too. Oh, I'm so excited. That's, yeah. that's, that's my alley. <laughs> We're yes, definitely so- watching it. 
yeah, that. And then I have some other projects coming up too, but um, that's the only one I can mention at the moment. So everyone check that out in March. Kelly. Mark is one of your upcoming one of your upcoming projects, season three that we don't know about. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then let's keep fighting to save Orionon. Let's get those hashtags. Hashtag save Orionon, guys. Keep it going. All yeah, right. I know, well, gonna, I know we're gonna have exceeded ten million by the time this comes out. So let's get to fifteen. Yes. yes. Let's ten million go. is insane. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to everyone, um, you know, for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. And a huge thank you to you, Tangeline. Um, you are incredibly talented. And, you know, Ka Kathleen and I are so humbled um, that you would take the time out of your day to chat with us. Um, and we had a blast with you, just kind of getting to know you as well. Um, this was the perfect boba break to start the week, if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you guys follow Tangeline on Twitter and Instagram at Tangeline Bolton. And make sure you guys check out all of her amazing work as well. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, opinions um, about this episode or in general about Boba Talk, uh, feel free to tweet us at Kathleen Robot and at Bay Mothon. And we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Bye.